Hey there, pilgrims. Welcome back to this week's Dose. Let's get right on into it. Let's get into it. First, we'll talk about Anja Health, which just raised a $4.5 million seed round led by 776 to preserve stem cells from birth to be used for future disease treatment purposes. Then we'll break down Walnut in their recent $110 million Series A led by Gradient Ventures to grow their Healthcare Now Pay Later platform. Next, we'll get into a conversation on carbon credits following Pachamama's $55 million Series B led by Future Positive. And last, we dive into Abnormal Securities' $210 million Series C led by Insight Partners to protect companies from email cybersecurity threats. You could say abnormal is normalizing the way we think about cybersecurity. I'm already loving this week's dose. Cue the music. You see here, kid? You gotta just go for it. Don't think about what comes after or what came before. You just gotta bend your knees, take a deep breath, and jump. This is Venture Pill with your hosts, Sam and Brandon. We're here to prescribe you your weekly dose of venture capital and startup news to keep you informed in the evolving world of venture. All right. First story for this week's dose is Anja Health, which just raised a $4.5 million seed round led by 776 and Alexis Ohanian with participation from Harvest Ventures and Krista Galley Ventures as well. With this seed round, Anja will accelerate its mission of making cord blood stem cell banking more accessible and more affordable to all. So the founder, Catherine Cross, actually launched Anja Health after her own personal experience where cord blood banking could have saved her brother who was diagnosed at a very young age with cerebral palsy. Yeah, so Anja works to ensure that umbilical cords and placentas don't go to waste like most do as of today. The FDA currently approves cord blood as a treatment for various types of cancers, immune system disorders, but cord tissue and placenta stem cells are increasingly going through several studies and clinical trials in relation to autism, cerebral palsy, heart defects, and more. Right, so already a lot of promise being shown by the cord tissue and placenta stem cells there. I'm gonna get into the process really quick. It's a pretty simple process. So first, Anja sends soon-to-be parents a kit for collecting the umbilical cord. After your baby is born and the umbilical cord is clamped, it is placed in the kit. The parents then call a designated phone number to alert Anja that their child has been born. And after that, a medical courier comes and picks up the kit, no matter where you are in the country, and delivers it to a lab within 72 hours. And lastly, the necessary processing occurs in the lab. And then the cord, the cord tissue, and the placenta stem cells are frozen for future disease treatment purposes. Yeah, and to quote the founder, Catherine Cross, Anja Health is on a mission to democratize access to not only stem cells, but information on birth in general. So I imagine at this early seed stage, right, they're raising the 4.5 million. They're starting with the umbilical cord, cord tissue, and placenta stem cells. 
That's a great place to start, right? There's a big need for cord blood banking across a variety of health issues that we stated previously. And to make that accessible for people, it starts at just $35 a month. So really, really cool mission. And it will be exciting to see how they can expand beyond what they're currently doing. But we know that what they're currently doing is certainly a big need. Right. And just to supplement that need with some some statistics and numbers here, currently one in 217 people are in need of a stem cell transplant. And in the next 18 years, one in every 16 children may need stem cells to better their quality of life. So already in the current moment and also in the future, we can see this pathway for increasing need over core blood banking and placenta stem cells. Yeah. And to add to that, we saw that 30% of people can't find a match uh, when they're looking for the those stem cells, uh, that tissue. And people of color have a harder time actually finding a match. Anja utilizes manual processing, it's important to note, as their differentiator, which leads to almost 25% more stem cells being recovered and up to 80% less red blood cells contaminating the sample. So their samples are much higher quality and have more stem cells in them, which leads to better outcomes if and when those samples are needed in the future. Right. And being able to preserve stem cells for, you know, God forbid someone in your family down the line may need a stem cell transplant. I imagine there's a high likelihood for stem cell match between families and common bloodlines in general. So something that really could be used to provide for and look after a whole family, not just a specific one or two people. Definitely. Yeah. So it'll be super exciting to see them grow beyond this early stage, have some good investors at their backing. So good luck to them. We'll certainly be rooting for them on the sidelines. Well, moving on to our second company of the day. Uh, this one's called Walnut, which announced a recent $110 million Series A led by Gradient Ventures, which is Google's AI-focused venture fund. Only 10 million of the 110 is in equity, and 100 million of it came in the form of venture debt, which was provided by Clearhaven Capital. So a little bit different than what we typically see in the companies that we highlight is a big portion of this being in debt. I'll explain why, why so much debt in a little bit, but first let's understand what Walnut does. Essentially, it's a buy now, pay later for healthcare, or as they describe it, healthcare now, pay later. Uh, so you may have heard of big companies out there in the industry like Affirm, Klarna, Afterpay, and you very well have come across these buy now, pay laters when you're online shopping or something, and it offers you the chance to pay for whatever product or service in monthly payments or some sort of payment schedule other than paying for it up front. So the idea is there's no fees or interest charged to the consumer. So they get to just spread out their payments. And Walnut is pioneering this for the healthcare space, which has a lot of costs associated with it, as we all know. Totally. So yeah, Walnut is actually the first HNPL I've ever seen, but it's very timely and also addressing a big issue here. So let me outline a couple stats that highlight how big of an opportunity and market there is. More than half of the country has medical debt and 60 million Americans skip healthcare annually due to worries about cost. So something like 
Walnut, which allows people to pay for health care in installments as opposed to in one bulk cost, will hopefully help promote more Americans to regularly receive health care as needed. Yeah. It's an alternative way of financing healthcare as opposed to the traditional debt instruments that we're used to. In this case, there isn't any interest or debt that ends up accruing for the end user, for the patient, which is awesome. But you start to wonder how, how is that possible? Well, this ties into why Walnut raised so much in the form of debt. They needed all that money to basically be able to underwrite all of the activity especially with regard to the lower income demographic that they're aiming to serve. So it's another form of democratizing access, right? Buzz, buzz, but it's a, it's an interesting, yeah, (laughs) it's a, it's a worthwhile goal because you're right. I mean, this would encourage people, especially in the lower income bracket to not worry about the cost as much. If it's going to cost, you know, a certain monthly payment for the next 12 months, as opposed to a huge amount right now that might encourage them to get the care that they need. And it's worry-free, right? They're, they're approved. So Walnut does take on the risk, not to dive too deep into the financial engineering that goes on there, but that's essentially why they raise so much in debt in addition to the $10 million in equity. Right. I'm sure we'll dive back into this briefly at the end, but I love the trend towards being able to finance something in monthly installments as opposed to all upfront. Just given how the average person's pay cycle is and they're getting paychecks every two weeks or every month, it really just helps consumers digest large costs and avoid debt, stay debt-free as, as much as possible, whenever possible. And so now I'm going to talk a little bit about who Walnut sells to. So. Walnut is actually free for individuals, so obviously the individuals are still paying for the healthcare, but Walnut isn't charging an extra fee. It's also free for the providers to get started, and for providers it's it's a no-brainer because it helps them get payment upfront without assuming any of that credit risk or repayment risk, and it also helps them scale their businesses and serve more patients more efficiently. So originally Walnut started with small private practices as an offering for them at the point of sale. And now they're starting to focus more on the lower income target market as an avenue to democratize the ability to pay for care. And they're doing so already with other health tech companies like Juno and Curai. And it'll be interesting to see how they continue to partner as they expand the product. Right. And the current product is offered for six main verticals vision, dental, cosmetic, sleep, that's an interesting one, dermatology, and gastroenterology. So a lot of room to grow, but some big markets there already that they're serving. They're also seeing a pretty high volume within the behavioral health space, given its increasing need and certainly high costs associated with that. We don't know of any other healthcare now pay later companies, so could be a first mover advantage. And I do think there's something to be said for the specialization of these buy now, pay later companies. You might think to yourself, why can't the big dogs like Klarna, Afterpay, and Affirm just offer this for healthcare? Well, I think the key point there is that it's a different market. It's It takes expertise to work with within the healthcare space, which is probably no fun ecosystem to navigate. And I'm sure that Walnut has that expertise and that's certainly a good moat for them. And 
As a closing point, obviously these buy now, pay later platforms have been a hot topic in terms of venture and just business in general. The space got actually $4 billion in funding just last year. And while we're currently in the midst of a massive downturn in the markets and buy now, pay later companies are certainly feeling the wrath as well. Walnut believes that they are positioned in a good spot given the constant need for healthcare, regardless of market conditions. Definitely. So a really unique spot to be within BNPL. And it'll be exciting to see where they can take it with this massive round, only 10 million of equity, but we'll see where they take it. The next company for today is Pachama, which announced a $55 million Series B round led by Future Positive, which included participation from Ellen DeGeneres, which I don't think either of us knew she was a venture investor. So cool to see her make her venture pill debut. The round also saw participation from Harry Stebbings through his 20VC fund. You may have heard of his podcast, 20 Minute VC. Highly recommend that one. And many others, including Alexis Ohanian, one of our personal favorites. So what is Pachama? It's a nature-based carbon credit platform that uses artificial intelligence to save the world's forests. Now, where did the name come from? thought it was pretty interesting to mention. It's named after Pachamama, the Mother Earth goddess for the indigenous people of South America. The connection there is the company was founded by Diego and Tomas, two Argentinian fellows. They also had investment from Manu Ginobili back in the day, MBA former fan favorite Argentinian player. So pretty cool to see that. Yeah, I love that. I can say Manu Ginobili is confidently my favorite Argentinian basketball player ever. Loved loved growing right. up watching him. And and not to mention, did you ever think that we'd be talking about a company that got investment from Manu Ginobili and Ellen DeGeneres? <laughs> That's so true. No, I can honestly say I did not ever think that, but that just uh, speaks to the increasingly democratized aspect of venture capital, right? Yeah, pretty cool to see. I'm not I'm not mad about it. Right. I mean, you wouldn't expect to see the chain smokers and Serena Williams next to each other, but here we are. Here we are. So what is a carbon credit? It's it's obviously a term that has become more mainstream. We've all heard it one way or the other, something like Amazon promising to be carbon neutral by 2040. Basically, it's a means for big corporations to offset their impact on the environment. And more specifically, a carbon credit is a financing tool to support afforestation and reforestation. Sam and I both actually just learned about the difference between these two. Reforestation is replanting trees where they once were, and then afforestation is actually planting trees where they've never been before, finding new green pastures for trees. So one carbon credit is equivalent to one metric ton of carbon dioxide equivalent gases. And historically, carbon credit markets were filled with unverified credits, and you couldn't really tell if they were representing real carbon reduction. And that's the problem that Pachama is trying to address, which is one, find a way to make reliable and accurate reporting and data on carbon credits and make sure that these companies that are making big promises on carbon neutrality actually, you know, walk the walk and live up to those promises. Right. So let's think about how this goes down. Like a company like Microsoft, Netflix, Airbnb, Shopify, these are actually customers of Pachama. 
their goal is to be carbon neutral. So they do so by purchasing these carbon credits, you know, through markets that exist. But the data right now isn't very reliable. And so what Pachamad does is provides the most accurate data with regard to carbon credits. Trees are the most scalable and efficient way to remove carbon from the atmosphere today. And so Pachamad takes advantage of that and focuses in on that. They only work with projects that have third-party verification and pass their own set of standards. So the technology leverages machine learning and satellite imagery to measure carbon captured in forests in a dynamic way, as opposed to the more traditional way that it's been done in the past is based off of static baselines. And, and so this dynamic aspect of it, not to get too deep into the technical details of their technology, but this dynamic aspect allows it to be updated each year and provide a lot more accurate data on the change in carbon within certain regions. So that's what allows them to assure the most accurate data and therefore ensure that these companies are doing what they set out to do with regard to carbon neutrality. Yeah, love the mission here from Pachama. Everyone that knows me knows I'm a big, big plant guy, both for the oh, yeah. vibes, for the vibes and just for the air quality like we were just talking about. And so company like Pachama and Cambium Carbon, which we seem to mention a lot as well, that are doing good for this planet's trees and through that, improving the air quality and reducing carbon footprints to the best of their ability is really what gets me out of bed in the morning. Yeah. And when you think of climate tech, and maybe we wrap it up with Pachama here, you don't necessarily think of companies that facilitate like this is kind of like a very much a niche within climate tech. Like, you don't really think about there being a need for this, but there certainly is a big need because in order to properly incentivize corporations to do better for the environment, there has to be the right incentives in place. And at the core of that is accurate and reliable data, which is what Pachama provides. And so that's a really core need of this large movement that we've been seeing. And for the forest to be replanted, there needs to be the money behind it. And for the money to be behind it, there needs to be accurate data. And so they're in a really good spot. It'll be really cool to see if they can add a lot more of these big companies. They already have so many big names. So they're on, they're on quite the trajectory. Right. And for our last story today, Sam and I wanted to discuss Abnormal Security, which just raised a $210 million Series C led by Insight Partners with participation from Greylock Partners and Menlo Ventures, which raises their valuation now up to $4 billion. So Abnormal Security is a startup that helps companies detect potential cyber attacks that are launched through cloud-based email systems, such as Microsoft Outlook and Gmail, which are, of course, some of the most popularly used email systems used by corporations today. Yeah, so it's important to mention that cybercrime involving email has reached all-time highs. COVID-induced work from home has made employees use various Wi-Fi networks outside of their traditional office secure networks, so that leaves them more vulnerable for attacks. It's easier than ever probably for cyber attackers to take advantage of folks working from home. So abnormal security has a big opportunity here. Right. So as a matter of fact, the FBI 
stated that business emails being compromised accounted for roughly $43 billion in company losses in the five-year span between 2016 and 2021. And furthermore, if your eyebrows aren't up yet, experts say that this is likely a conservative estimate as well due to underreporting of incidents by these corporations that get attacked. So the company, which is based out of San Francisco, uses machine learning and alternative forms of artificial intelligence to detect potential cyber attacks launched through the classic cloud-based email systems that you mentioned, Microsoft Outlook and Gmail, which definitely make up a large portion of the email systems that people use. This includes targeted and social engineering attacks and business email compromising attempts, as well as supply chain infiltrations, which can be harder to detect. So a wide range of possible cyber attacks that they address. Yes, indeed. The, the old days of the save a Nigerian prince by wiring this money to this account <laughs> by noon tomorrow are long gone, my friend. Cyber attacks, hacking, and phishing have evolved so rapidly with tech over the past few years. I looked it up actually just out of curiosity, and the Nigerian prince email scam raked in $700,000 from Americans in 2019. Wow. So that scam still works, of course. However, there's plenty of new evolution and more sneaky hacks that really sneak up on even cybersecurity experts. I think the CEO puts it well when he said, and this is a quote, the real challenge customers have is stopping an attack that no one has seen before. To do that, obviously, you can't use your knowledge of prior bad stuff. So it requires a fundamentally different approach. So in this ever-evolving landscape of tech, the scammers continue to innovate and evolve their ways of attacking people too. So you got to stay out ahead of the curve and somehow their technology helps them do so through that machine learning and, and AI. Right. So to get into the mechanics of it a little bit, Abnormal applies behavioral data science techniques to build profiles of users. And the company picks up on suspicious activity based off that profile that they've built of you. So some suspicious activity would include emailing through a personal account, even something slight like a change in tone or traditional language, and also requesting to quickly pay an invoice with lenders. All of these activities would be flagged for further investigation by the abnormal software. Yeah, pretty cool. Advanced software. They've seen incredible recent growth, so they're only a four-year-old company and already a $4 billion valuation. That's a quadricorn in a, in a four-year span. You don't see that too often. They only had 10 employees back in 2018, and now they have over 400 today, which is incredible growth. I don't imagine without growing pains, but the numbers speak for themselves. 99% renewal rate that we saw, which is best in class. So their service works. Companies continue to renew with them, and it's just effective. You can get into a little bit of how effective it is compared to legacy solutions that existed before. Yeah, to build upon that with some stats that I sourced from the website, Abnormal is a 10x more effective solution over the traditional secure email gateway. Uh, one of the biggest differentiators is that it integrates with cloud email through an API so customers can deploy the service in seconds as opposed to the weeks to months to even years that a traditional security system can take to integrate into a cloud server. And 
Third, on average, Abnormal Security saves security teams 15 plus hours every week. So while you might be paying for this service, you are at least hopefully saving some money on the back end by saving time and uh, manpower on, on security teams. And just to highlight some of the early traction that Abnormal is already having here, over 5% of the Fortune 1000, so the 1000 biggest companies in America, over 5% are relying on Abnormal Security for protection from modern email attacks. So yeah. they've, already, they've already penetrated the market quite remarkably there. Yeah, in a short amount of time, no less. So the cost alone of saving that time with security teams probably justifies a good portion of, of what it costs the company. But you also have to think about all the potential attacks. Both the monetary and non-monetary value of preventing those is incredible too. So 99% renewal rate, the 5% of Fortune 1000, these are some good, good stats. And we cover a lot of stats on the pill. We all know Brandon likes those stats. <laughs> <laughs> Take that for data. <laughs> but yeah, the, with this new funding, they'll continue developing the technology. They're going to fuel as well international expansion. So that's where we kind of want to wrap this up today for the episode is that certain regions for these international companies are going to require a local presence for Abnormal to build to properly serve these large international corporations. Right. So something like Abnormal is super useful for companies with international offices and employees for based in all different countries and regions and dealing with different data laws and sovereignty. Well, another dose in the books today. We'll be back in person together. You might have noticed that the powerful punch of our pungent punctuation <laughs> hasn't been <laughs> hasn't been as <laughs> Are you kidding? Let's just <laughs> We got pop filters, baby. Pop, pop, pop. Pop, pop. And buzz, buzz. Oh, God. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for your next dose of startups and venture capital on Venture Pill. She told me that she only bumps my music when she's lonely. Thinks my vibe's a little low key, okie dokie. That's all right, but.